It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. A huge night for the Wellington Phoenix tonight as the football club celebrates its first ever doubleheader. Uh, the men take on the Western Sydney Wanderers at quarter to ten in their third game of the season. Of course, they're unbeaten at this point. But history will be made when the Phoenix women take on the Wanderers at 7 o'clock our time. And joining us now is the Wellington Phoenix boss, the CEO, David Dome. Uh, this, uh, David, is uh, a day the Phoenix uh, franchise should be very, very proud of. Yeah, thanks for the... Oh, look, just exceptionally proud. It's taken such a long time to get here, probably six, seven years of real hard work. Um, a false start last year when we were kiboshed at the 11th hour by Football Federation Australia. But look, we're here now. We've got a team in. We've got a, we've got 20 players over there itching, rearing to go. We've got a full support squad and team over there preparing the team. We've got a brand new front of shirt sponsor announced yesterday and a sleeve sponsor we're going to announce today. But it's just, it's fantastic. Just really, really proud that we've managed to get this across the line. What does it mean um, overall for New Zealand sport, actually, for the first professional women's football team uh, to come about, to take centre stage tonight? Well, it's another step forward, isn't it? It's another step forward of, of professional women's sport being a pathway for young women to come through and earn a living out of, out of their, their love for, for a particular code, whether that be football or rugby or cricket or, or league or, or whatever it is, you know, basketball. You know, we've now... We've now joined the ranks where we can say if you're a young, aspiring football player in New Zealand of any gender, you can be, you can be part of this. Um, you can be a professional player. Um, and as a club, it means we are a proper football club now. It shouldn't have taken this long. I think it's, it's an indictment that it has taken this long. Um, it's an indictment that we found it really hard to find commercial partnerships for it. But it doesn't matter now. Now we are there. Now we are across the line. And now we're good to go. Okay, two questions coming out of uh, that last answer, David. First of all, um, why has it been so difficult bringing it together? Well, there's a number of things. One, it was a logistical challenge from, from day one. The league wasn't ready to expand. We had to fight very, very hard. In the old days, remember, up until last this season, really, it was the first season, the league was owned and run by Football Federation Australia, who didn't really want it. You said a women's team in the W League, as it was then. When the clubs took it over this year... Um, um, they, we worked hard with the rest of the clubs and they were supportive of the concept and we got it across the line. We had a very solid proposal um, that the clubs agreed made a lot of sense um, and it ticked a lot of boxes. Um, and, and everyone agreed once the clubs booked it over, other clubs go, yes, why shouldn't Wellington have a women's team whenever the other, the other clubs are, are allowed to have a women's team? So there was that component too. And then there was the corporate side and 
you know, I was genuinely surprised. We had a lot of people. We've talked to numbers, you know, hundreds of corporates through my time here. Of, and, you know, we've, we have a very, very strong, solid corporate base for the men's team. Um, we were very lucky that Spark and Opera came on board this year for the men's team in the middle of a global pandemic. But a lot of them said to us, look, we're not interested in the men so much, but come back and talk to us when you've got a women's team. And then when we did go back to them, they turned us down. Um, and then NZCIS, our, our, our partner, who's going to be the power partner when we moved to a, high, a magnificent high-performance unit up and up a hut, they came in literally on Monday night when I went public and said we still don't have a front of share partner five days out. And then we've got Comrade Medical as well who've come on board and they're going to be in the sleeve. And there are certainly a number of other um, interested parties for, to come on, who have since come on board or, or looking to come on board and support professional women's football. Okay, so... So David, tell us about, I, I don't expect you, you're probably going to do it at the, uh, more appropriate time than now, but um, you're going to have a sponsor coming on board today you want to announce, but uh, yesterday's one, um, let, let's talk about that. Yeah, so NZCISA have been a partner of the Phoenix for the last couple of years. They, uh, Malcolm Gillies and, and, and Kevin out there have, are building a, a brand new high performance unit, multi-million dollars, so we're going to go out there, uh, the rugby guys are going to go out there as well. It's going to be a high-performance unit of um, the facility, which will do, there will be nothing like it anywhere in Australasia. Um, it is quite incredible what they are building, and we're going to be one of the foundation tenants out there. Um, and really, really looking forward to getting out there. Um, like I say, they've been supporting us. They support a few other codes. And then when the media went out on Monday night, Malcolm rang me about 30 minutes later and said, look, we're going to be part of this. Malcolm's a terrific Will and Tony. Malcolm and Kevin are both terrific Will and Tonians. They wanted to help. They want to be part of the solution. They are connected into, into government. The government helped with shovel ready project money to keep that thing going out there when COVID hit. So they wanted to be part of the support structure that's been put around the club to, to launch women's team. So really, really pleased. It's just it's a win-win for everybody. And once we go out there, the women, of course, will be based out there probably about this time next year. Um, so it all brings it full circle. So it's just, it's exciting. It's exciting times. Yeah, it's good news that it's coming together like that, to particularly the financial side of it. On the field, uh, average age of uh, just over 20. Not a lot of experience in the team. I, I think it's probably fair to say we should just keep a lid on expectations as they look to get settled, yeah? I think that's fair to me. I think Malcolm made a really good point yesterday. He said that we're supporting this team not because we want them to win, but because it's the right thing to do. And this is very much as a development side. It's it's based... It's it's. We've certainly got a boost when New Zealand and Australia won the Women's World Cup right for 2023. So uh, New Zealand football wanted a channel to develop players going into that tournament, and that, this is what this is a lot about. So there is a lot of under-20 New Zealand representatives in that side, um, and they are looking to kick on for the next two years because they'll be you know, eight, they're 18 now, 19 now, 20 now. They'll be 20 to 22 when the World Cup comes along, which is a, a great age to be playing in, in a Women's World Cup. So that's very much what it is. Now, look, I think they'll surprise some people. I think Jim, is, uh, Jim and Lewis, who's the head coach, has done a fantastic job of bringing them together as a team with a really, really strong New Zealand culture in there. I think they'll do a really good job. I think they'll give it everything. I think they'll be competitive. They did, uh, they did have a pre-season against Sydney FC, who were last year's premiers, and only lost 2-0 to some, you know, um, mm. what, what Jim had called pretty average goals. So... They would learn a lot out of that. I think they get a lot of confidence out of that. And I think they'll go into this game tonight, like you say, which is, is live tonight on Prime TV at 7 o'clock. They'll go into that game, 6.30 build-up. They'll go into that game with a lot of confidence. And, and who knows? 
But, you know, do we think we're going to win the league? No, probably not going to win the league, but it's going to be an exciting season and the first time we'll see professional women playing for a New Zealand club. Well, if they start half as well as the men's team, you'll be absolutely over the moon, I would imagine, because this has been impressive uh, under uh, uh, Ufuk Talei, but a new, a new captain uh, and Alex Roofer. They seem to have come together uh, quite well, um, blended in nicely. Oh, and let's be clear, the challenges. This is the third year. No other club has been asked to relocate away from their home base for three seasons in a row. And that's what's happened to us. We, we, to be honest, I thought this, that last season would be the last season, but no, there's another year. The club's relocated again uh, into Sydney, and Ufi has managed to pull together that team, along with very good recruitment, pull together that team into a competitive unit. And like I said, we're now 13 games unbeaten going across two seasons. Um, look, it's a huge challenge, a huge challenge with no foreseeable, um, nothing hard concrete a day to say we're going to come back to New Zealand next year. We're certainly working with Sport New Zealand, well, along with the other codes, along with rugby and cricket. We're working with Sport New Zealand to try and find a way that we can get board exemptions for international teams. But to have a team that's been relocated for three years overseas and to be performing so well is a real credit to Ufi. Now, we do have um, reinforcements on the way. We've sent over three or four of our academy kids. We have, a, we have an FFA Cup game on Tuesday night in Victoria, which is going to stretch us. So we've sent some... Uh, We've sent some kids over there to help strengthen and bolster the team out of the academy, which is great for them. And then we've got uh, uh, another player coming, another international visa player coming. Hopefully we get in there mid-December for uh, to be able to play some games um, in the early in the new year. So, look, no, I totally agree. He's done a fantastic job. Really thrilled with how they're playing. They're playing good football. It's an exciting team, and they're doing the club proud. What's the, the long-term prognosis uh, for the Phoenix? Is the licence locked in for quite some time to be part of this A-League? No licence anymore to We are now one-twelfth owner of the league, so the licence has disappeared. Cool. The, league, the clubs now okay. own the league. Um, yep, so we now own the league along with all the other clubs. Um, no such thing as a licence hard-coded in. Our chairman, Rob Morrison, is intimately involved with the running of the league through APL, which is the, the ownership body. Um, I've said it a number of times. He's highly regarded in that, in that amongst that body. They, they don't really make too many decisions without involving Rob. <laughs> Rob in the process, uh, very highly regarded. No, 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 we're, we're right in there. It's no longer an issue. The long term now is very, very good. The league is um, um, just looking for external international and finance to come in now, which is happening literally as we speak. It's just going through the final processes of of uh, approval through the Australian government. That will be a cash injection of, of many millions of US dollars into the league which will grow it. Uh, the clubs have already embarked on a, on a big campaign they've launched a new website, there's a new, there's a new football keep up app that's been launched um, there's a big investment now into the league because the club's owner and we look to go from strength to strength and rebuild. there's a new TV partner in Australia as well, Paramount Plus which is a huge TV corporation and it's also free to wear on 10 which is one of the big three channels in Australia as you know so we get a, we get a free to wear game every Saturday night and in New Zealand we've got Sky coming back on which is fantastic and we also have Prime so we've got, like say, the two games tonight are both free to wear on Prime. So lots of excitement around the, the start of the new season. We've done, we've started really well, um, and we're hoping that <laughs> hopefully when we come back next year, we'll get another big crowd again like we did when we came back last time last season. We had 24,000 in Wellington, 22,000 up at Eden Park. That's what we're hoping for sometime in January, February, March next year when we can finally come home. Actually, David, you've stolen my thunder a wee bit because I was going to say you're probably sick of uh, gazing into this crystal ball, but 
Is there a date? Is there anything? I mean, you're probably you're probably sick of actually surmising or even guessing, but uh, what is the the best possible uh, outcome in terms of 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 that of getting a big crowd at home, of getting your fans to take their shirts off, etc. Uh, that we're used to. When, yeah. when is the first chance? And and your your thinking? We put into our diary or our calendar TBC dates from 29 January onwards. I don't know if 21 January is likely, who knows? But what I do know is we're in there for 29 January. The breakers are there for early Feb, and then Super Rugby starts mid-Feb. So, like I say, all the codes have joined together to, to work on this, on how we can bring some level of risk management to international travel for sports teams between Australia and New Zealand. I don't know when it's going to happen. Nothing's been hard-coded on. I know Sport New Zealand are working very hard with us to try and get something across the line with government. Um, all the codes are aligned, which is very, very encouraging. Uh, like I say, rugby, cricket, league, breakers, we're all working on this together to try and find a solution using best practice across all the codes. I, 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 you know... I strongly believe we will have games back here in New Zealand at some stage in, in the in the new year. I just don't know when. Like I say, January 29th our earliest. Whether it's that game, whether it's maybe February, I would hope that sometime January and February, the Warriors Phoenix is back at home playing games, um, both at Wellington and, and at, in, in Auckland. Um, but we're very much now at the, at, in the hands of government. Um, and like you say, we're working mm. with Sport New Zealand to try and put a, a proposition to them now. Good on you, David. Uh, thanks very much for your time. Uh, enjoy tonight. Uh, pop a cork, I would imagine. It's been a, a long, hard process for you. So uh, win, lose or draw, um, I think you'll get a lot of pride tonight. And, uh, and well done on getting it done. Uh, outstanding. Good luck. Thanks, Melissa. I appreciate that.